This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. We are here. This is season two. Um, today, today is a nice, mellow, mellow Sunday. Um, and, uh, this is mellow vibes. This is mellow vibes today. So, since this is mellow vibes, why not have one of Bay Area's best spoken word poets? Play? <laughs> I mean, I would. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me finish my introduction. Live your life. One of Bay Area's best spoken word po- poets. This woman was featured on Def Jam Poetry. This woman was featured on. I know you. I know you're not. I know. I've just boosted you up. <laughs> That's right. Tell let the people know what they. I, I, I. <laughs> but, but anyway, she's she's kind of boost, boost up this black queen. Okay? She's she's here to to grace me with some of her spoken word poems and to talk about her her life, her struggles, her her negatives, her positives in life, and express that to the world. What gives her the courage to talk about what she talks about in her poems? So, introducing Taylor. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody listening. What's up? I hope you're having a good day. How's your uh your Sunday going? My Sunday is good. It consisted of me waking up and writing, me going out and thrifting, and me going out and spending money that I shouldn't be spending on uh having brunch. So but 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 also like getting a lot of free drinks in the process. So free drinks. Free drinks. Where's you getting all these free drinks at? You know, I just have like a really good personality, and people just. So what you trying to say? You be flaring with niggas to get free drinks. <laughs> First of all, it's like men and women involved, and uh-huh. I think in general people just want to feel good. They want to feel like. The people who I was around, they were busy. People was talking to them crazy. And I'm was very understanding of that. Like, hey, I know you bought my food 30 minutes late, but thank you for bringing it. I know it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you versus what the fuck. Um, so those type of vibes. Do you want to give a shout out to the to the brunch spot you were at? I want to give a shout out to I don't know if I should because they was giving me free stuff and I don't. <laughs> but uh, if you're in downtown Oakland, uh, go down Ninth and Broadway and in 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 one block over Broadway. So Ninth and that other street, you should go. You should check that out. Ninth and real Broadway. real close to Parliament, but not Parliament. Real close, yeah. I don't know. Is it? Oh, so that's, it must be in Old Oakland. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah, I don't know the spot, but anyway. Um. So I I sense a little accent in your voice. Are you from the East Coast? I am from the East Coast. I am from New York. 
uh upstate because people will g-check me very quickly i learned from that in syracuse college. Or i'm from i'm from westchester which is really not upstate i'm 10 minutes from the bronx but it's still important for me to make that distinction um so i hail from where kings and queens like mary J and zmx and jada kiss come from um i am not from a borough and um is it mary J from yonkers She's from Yonkers, which is in Westchester. Oh, it's in West, okay. It's a city in Westchester. Um, so it's DMX and, and, and Jadakiss, I want to say, is from Mount Vernon. I am from White Plains. Mm. Um, and then I spent, at 18, I moved to D.C. for school. I went to Howard and stayed there in D.C. Okay. for nine years. And then came here in 2017. Nice. 18, 18, 18. So I was growing up in New York for you? <sighs> it was. Your parents are African? Parents? People got two parents? Um, <laughs> my mom. <laughs> nah. So your dad wasn't in the picture? Nah, I met my dad at 18. It was actually really weird to meet somebody for the first time and them to have such a huge title like dad. It was like, nice to meet you, dad. How did, how did, how did that happen? Um, so. It's coming out of bodega or something? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I was getting ready to go to Howard, right? And Howard was like, we need all of these things. And I'm like, all right, bet. And like my name, my last name was different on different documents, right? I had my mom's last name on certain things, my dad's last name on others. And I always went by my dad's last name. So, you know, my mother is Taylor is Sonia Brown. My father is Jerome slash Edward. I don't really know his real name for real. Um, Crenshaw. And I'm Taylor Crenshaw. I go by that. Taylor Brown sounds weird now. Um, anyway, so I had to, I had to, to hit him up to make sure to like sync everything together to hyphenate my last name. Cause mm. I didn't, I was the girl, right? I didn't want to like lose the Brown you know lineage so i wanted to hyphenate it and um somebody ended up having his number and i met him like a little bit before my first you know freshman week which was awkward as fuck it was awkward you met him in new york or in dc and i was in dc he picked me up for like like dinner and um it was weird it was I wanted to, I'm, I'm, I'm a very nice person. My accent can maybe seem like I'm a little bit more aggressive, but I'm very nice. Mm. And there were a lot of things that I wanted to ask, but, um, I didn't. And we just, he kind of just talked about everything that he, he would start doing from that day. Did you, did you ask him like, where were you at? Like the whole 18 years before and all that? I didn't want to be disrespectful. Like, those those type of things it's like it's it's very easy to you know it it can in a especially in a black um household certain things can really be seen as disrespect and me being like where you at even though i was well in my rights could have i just didn't want to disrespect him even though you know like mm-hmm. he i deserved that answer yeah um said it in but he was like oh i'm gonna give you the world and i was like you ain't really gotta give me much but sounds good um and he was just a dub 
He's been a dad. But so I, he, he he didn't fall he didn't uh, follow through on, on his promises. Absolutely not. But I did meet. I, I have two sisters um, by him that I, I love them. I don't speak to them super frequently, but um, I have a sister who's my age. It's crazy how fate works. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ask God. God gives me everything that I want. Shout out to God. I would like to to, to pause and have a commercial break for God. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. This, um, this, this episode is sponsored by God. Sponsored by Jesus. Somebody get your tambourine. <laughs> um, I always ask God. I was like, God, I want a, I want a sister who's my same age, but not my twin, because I don't want to share my looks. And he gave me a sister that was three months older than me. He gave it to me. I was like, oh, but she thought the impossible wasn't possible here. Like, and um, she's the coolest. Where's uh, she at? She's in South Carolina. And then my baby sister on my dad's side, 10 years younger, she she was at Virginia State. But I, I want to say she's transferring to North Carolina A&T. And then the sister who I grew up with just graduated from Virginia State. So my sister from my mother and my father was in the same school and they wouldn't have known had my dad, you know, had I not made contact with my dad. It was like two half like sisters Mm. kind of Mm -hmm. in the same space. Same with my older sister. We would have she wanted to go to Howard, too. So we would it would have been like sister, sister. Like (laughs) so you when you were growing up in New York, it was just you and your mom's. Me and my mother and my middle, my middle sister, Samori. Yeah. So she's seven years younger. So I have 10 years younger, seven years younger, and then one that's three months older. Mm. And I grew up with Samori, who's seven months, excuse me, seven years younger than me. So what is the biggest difference between uh, your lifestyle that was in New York to your lifestyle in the Bay Area. I know you were a teenager in New York, but can you say, I mean, teenagers in New York, they still do adult shit. Oh, I live my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in New York, I, I've always been myself. Like anybody from all over the world, I travel they they will all describe me in the same way. They'll be like, Taylor, that bitch is clumsy. <laughs> they'll be like, she's like, all these things. Like, they're, they're, it's lovable. It's just the same thing. But I think in New York, people didn't expect me to be as artistic and as creative as people see me now. Um and and that was not the plan. That was definitely a bonus. Um, I came out here, more backstory around me. I, after um, college, I, I was in D.C. for nine years. And um, I woke up one day and I was like, I want to move to California and I do not want to pay for it. And, you know, I, I was, my, my background is in marketing and I was talking to some folks and I, I was like, do they pay for people who are like not directors and above to relocate? And people was like, nah. And I was like, fuck you. I'm going to find it. Yes. Get out of here. Stop crushing my dreams. Uh-huh. Um, found it. I ended up working at, um, banana. I, I got an offer in San Francisco. Um, to work at Banana Republic corporately. And I had worked, I had, um, uh, had a fellowship 
at Gap in Manhattan corporate. So it only, it, it just made sense. Um, so I, I flew out here to work in fashion. Fucking hated it. It was a fucking dub. Hey, uh, what? The job or San Francisco? Oh, the job over everything. The job tainted everything. And I had to learn to, to not group my certain experiences with my environment because the things that I hated was also what people who were born and raised in town hated too. So I'm talking. Give me some reasons why you hated specific reasons. Don't bite your tongue either. I I felt like, you know, I always grew up in a, I went to like a black high, black suburban high school in the middle of the woods that was hood as shit. I went to Howard, which is black. I never really understood when people were like, oh, students of color, they sink in the back in these schools and they're nervous to speak and blah, blah, blah. At my my job, it was such a learning curve, and people looked at me, and it was very math-heavy. Fashion, at least in my role, was heavy in math. Mm-hmm. And people were looking at me to get the answers wrong. They were they were just looking at me to be disappointed and to have that, you know, horizontal smile just to be like, you tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sensed that, and I, it, it hit me. And sometimes, like, I would know what I'm talking about, but the energy around me would be, it would just, I would start stuttering and blah, blah, blah. Like it was, they were expect, it's, it's a, it's really different when people are so genuinely and, 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 and respectfully waiting for you to fail. <laughs> it was, it was uncomfortable. So that, and people would be like, Hey, in, in the, in the um, hallways, like, are you on low income housing? And it would be like, they would say that to you. Yeah, it'd be like, no, nigga, my office is right the fuck there. Like, what the fuck? What are you like? What are you like? It would be or like, we don't know. We can't find qualified black people to work here. And it'd be like, no, your team is just all white. And y'all just don't know what the fuck y'all doing. Like, <laughs> you know, like, don't blame it. Like, I come from black. I, I come from a place. Like, you know, yeah. Um. It was just so, it was so depressing. And I, I swear every day I would wake up with the best intentions of enjoying what I do and what I did. And, um, every night it would just be like, ah, maybe tomorrow. So, so let's talk about, uh, your college experience. How was Howard? Oh, Howard was a blast. Um, so, was there any white? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's white students there. So, Howard is like any other PWI. PWI is predominantly white institution, which is everything that's not an HBCU, which is a historically black college slash university. Um, meaning, like at a lot of PWIs, it's like eighty percent white, seventy percent, eighty seventy percent white. At Howard, it was the same, um, but just in reverse. It was just the majority was black, and then you would have Asian, Indian, well, Asian, um, Latinx, and white. Um, but the level of diversity and blackness at Howard was unmatched. So you would have, you would have the black jocks, the black earthy niggas, you, the black, emo niggas the black turn up niggas the black 
people like rich and bougie, like even like black East versus black West. Like, it was completely different, but like on this black spectrum, like the black, you know, like girls that wore heels all day. And like, it just, it just, it was so, it was so, and my friends were all artists. Their parents were artists in one way or another. Like it was, we were, we lived in DC. If you go to DC, like the houses are very similar to brownstones and they're called row houses. And like, it was like, we were living in our own like three level row houses and, and making dinners and having parties. And it would be so. So, so niggas wasn't on campus, like fighting each other and shit like no, that. No, no. Like it wasn't that type of time. If anything, it just felt, it was like, even in the classes, like I'll give this example. I was in this class and I was in the school of business and um, uh, in the school of business, we had this intro where it's like um, our name, where we're from, what our focus is, some other shit. Um, Anyway, and and sometimes like on the first day, they'll ask us to add something different. And um, that day it was like, and what you did over the summer. And like we all just chilling, slouching, like what's up, you know? Mm. And everybody got up in a way where it was like they gave their intro, and it was like today, like this summer, I was at this Fortune five hundred five hundred company. I was with this celebrity. I was overseas doing this. I was working on this project. I started my own business. I did, and it would be so natural, like. It wasn't even leading, like in San Francisco with the tech, like who I feel like some people lead with their chest. Like you would, at Howard, you just assumed that everybody was excellent. So yeah, yeah, you didn't feel like niggas was out there trying to brag. No, you just, you just knew. Yeah. And, and it was no pressure. You just knew. Mm -hmm. And you felt like inclined, you felt like coddled to do the same. You felt inspired and shit. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely so yeah. why did you uh after high school i mean i'm assuming you applied to many colleges <laughs> no no it was just howard <laughs> it was it was howard it was spellman and i feel like that was it actually that did was a terrible decision so i had applied to both schools and um <laughs> I realized a lot later, this is before the kids now, they have this um, common application where they apply one time to multiple schools. Yeah. At the time, you like writing with a pen, answering 5011 essays for 5011 schools. Yeah, like, yeah, I know that. You, it was individual. So I was like, nah, fuck this. I know where I want to go. And why would they not? fuck with me i'm bomb what do you mean um <laughs> you were like a straight a that's student. how i felt i was like i wasn't a straight a student i was just involved in a lot and i was just i everybody like everybody knew me to to be like an interesting cat and and i just why why, why wouldn't they mm-hmm. um so a little bit around the time when people were getting their um, their acceptance letters, uh, one person got their acceptance letter into Howard, and she lived on my block. And I'm like, okay, so you got your acceptance letter, cool. You live on my block, cool. Howard is giving acceptance letters to people who live on my block, okay. <laughs> and I did not get one. 
all right. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. the fuck? <laughs> like, um, and then I had called Spellman and Spellman was like, we didn't get your application. It got lost in the mail, whatever. I was like, shit. So I, re- I legit applied to one school. Um, <laughs> and I was, it was my first panic attack ever. I was working at, um, Bed Bath and Beyond and also CVS, like just having to go in a corner and just like, why did I do that? Like, I'm tripping. Um, but anyway, like a few weeks later, I, I found a little uh, envelope addressed to me. And I was like, Ma, when did you get this envelope? She was like, I got it weeks ago. And I was like, girl. Mom's was hating. I was. This, you don't hear me, but this is me like strangling the air. Like, sis. Um, and it was. It was bison all day, every day, okay. ever since. <laughs> so you got in. Did you? What? What was? What did you graduate? What was your major? Marketing. Marketing. Um, marketing. Why did you choose marketing? Why come you didn't? Uh, if you were the arts, if you were into arts, how come you didn't study that? Well, when I wasn't, I wrote, but it wasn't until a couple years ago, me moving to California, where I really—that's a story. Um, where people consider me to be an artist and I really indulge myself in the arts versus like, I just had really dope homegirls around mm-hmm. me that were artistic. Um, but I chose marketing because I didn't know how, I wanted to work on campaigns. At the time, social media wasn't like crazy like it was now, but um, I wanted to be the one who designed the concept to of the billboards as you drove down the highway. Like, I was like, I could do that. Like, I can think about these in, in the commercials. Like, I could, I could, you know, what do you want? Like, just tell me the, the information about the consumer, what they like, what they, how they behave, what they do. And, and I'm gonna get you a good, good story. Mm. Um, and I figured with marketing, I could work in any, any industry. Like lawyers need marketing, doctors need marketing, really dope ass little boutique businesses in Soho need marketing. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. everybody needs me. So it 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 left me open. Um and yeah, it left me. Are you happy you uh you chose that that degree? Yeah. So To this day? To this day. All right. Yeah. And I'll tell you more about kind of like what I do with my arts out here. So I told you that I hated my job. It was wait, a job. Wait, first of all, what what is your job now? What do you do now? Oh, all the things. So I have my own business called Gold Beans. Um, I also work at a museum. I am a board member of the arts organization Oakland Art Murmur. Um, <laughs> I'm also on the board of the Howard University Alumni Chapter Bay that represents the Bay Area. I fucking, I'm a part of a few accelerator programs at like Zoo Labs and shit. I, I'm a part of a cohort, um, with Afro, with, um, the African Urban Society. I do a, a, a <laughs> I, I wear many hats. Okay. Um, we're gonna get into those, get into those, but all these hats. Let's continue this this timeline. 
Yeah. Okay. So I told you I hated my job. It was mm. a dub. Um, I also felt, and this is not reflective of the Bay Area and the people born and raised in the Bay Area. But I don't know if this is transplants or whatever, but like when I moved out here, not only was I feeling like attacked as a black woman at my job, but I felt like black men wasn't dating black women or even around, like even their friendship circle. Like you will find black men having more light-skinned, Latino, Latina, and, and white friends, and Asian friends, girlfriends, female friends, then you would find black women. I would constantly be in spaces where black women are together, they're chilling, whatever, and then black men will be around and they would be with everybody under the sun except for black women. I was not used to this. Not coming from where I came from, not going to, not in DC, not coming from the school. I had never seen anything like it. It was almost like its own pandemic. Mm. And I like immediately felt bad for black women because I, I just was like, damn, like how I'm that, like it would just, it just, it, it took me three months to, to, to see in the circles that I was walking through a black couple. It took me three months to see a black couple. It came to the point where I would do the math, the percentage, like the whole divided by like the part. It would, um, of people who dated each other. Cause I was like, am I crazy? It would be like white men, 90% they would date within their race. Same with Asians, same with Latinx. And then for black men, it would be like 50%. I'm like, I'm not tripping. Mm. This is crazy. I'm not tripping. Like, do you I, think it's because there's not enough black women out here? There's more black women than black men that I see. Like, I just feel like black men make that decision. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and again, I'm not, I, I, I have to be respectful to the area to be like, you know, there's a huge part of Oakland and the Bay that I have not seen me being here in two years. But those people who are moving in and then the people who I the see who may or may not have lived here or whatever, there's just a huge community of people, whether they're native or not, where this is definitely the case. And I was just so hurt mm. because I come from a long line of black women that would get their last for a black man. And I come from a neighborhood where black men Black fathers don't exist. And we still, like, you know what I mean? Like, how dare you? Like, I almost come from, like, like how the fuck dare, are you crazy? Like, you don't even, like, when you, if you could look at your, like, Instagram picture, you could look at the people who you're around and, and you don't see black when you're a black man, like, how dare you? Mm. Um, and, and who is the people who are marching for you? They just, it just, it just killed me a little on the inside. So I'm dealing with all of this at work. And, um, frustrated and I'm at home one day and I write my first piece. Like I was never, I never thought of myself as an artist or to share my work, but I rage wrote this piece what's called, the name of this, yeah, what's the name of this piece? Am I crazy? Cause I just was like, I'm seeing this shit. I'm feeling this shit. This shit don't feel right to me, but is, but everybody's telling me that this is normal. And In the Bay area. Yeah, it's normal. It, but it was just, it was just like, 
I it, it just it almost like made my head explode. Like I just I wrote that piece crying. Like I was so sad. Like and mad. Like I could have. I think a little bit after that, like I might have had some drinks and might have cursed some people out over the phone. Like I I, <laughs> I had so much anger in me. I was so toxic at that time because I, I had so much anger in me and I didn't know how to express it. And then people were like, it's not until like you reach some sort of validity, validity in wherever you are, where people really accept the things, the problems that you share, that you see, that you notice. So at that time, that wasn't me. So people were like pish poshing it. I'm like, I can't, like, I know something's not right. Um, anyway, I, at that time I was still working at my job and I started going to open mics cause I was like, I need to find a place to get this out of me. Cause it was almost like, I don't know if you watch anime, you watch Naruto. No. He has a spirit in him, like called the nine, the nine tail fox is like all evil, like at the time in the beginning and I had this nine tail fox in me that was just evil and I was like I need to purge it and um started going to open mics and then started inviting people to my house to share their art and um it was my refuge like I started being like I'm gonna give y'all drinks I'm gonna give y'all beer um Mm. The, the first night, it was like seven people around the dining room table. And I was like, we're going to do this monthly. I'm going to call it second Monday so you don't forget. Five months later, five events later, it was 50 people in my fucking house. I was like, y'all are going to get me kicked out. <laughs> five months after that, I mean, excuse me, one, one month after that, one event after that, it was 50 people again, but a different set of 50. And, and mind you, people were coming in to share now these are all different men and women men and women black men and women because i would just all black i would just start going to all of these events and inviting people to my crib like yo wait 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 wait, wait. so this is all uh, nothing but black people absolutely okay you want it that way percent yes okay yes um absolutely so that month after the 50 people was a new set of 50 and I was like, if y'all come at the same time, it's going to be a hundred people in my house and y'all are for sure going to get me kicked out. The fuck? But it was so beautiful. People were like showing their, oh, I'm going to show my, my podcast film segment. I'm going to show my, my, my shit that I graphic design. I'm going to show my story, my, my spoken word. I started sharing my pieces. I started writing more because people really fucked with, you know, I was still going to open mics at the time. I was like, oh, niggas like that. Oh, okay. I'm going to write some more. See if they you, like you it live more. In, you live in a house or apartment? I lived in an apartment. It's like a two story, um, condo. But it's like kind of like a duplex. So I still have somebody who lives underneath me. Yeah, I was about to say, you um, got all these niggas in your type I of had shit. All you these, and it's so like, it was like a, it was, they, there's like a board to my complex. Like, I know my neighbors were freaking out. I live on the water. Like, it was a nice, it's a nice little spot. Okay? In Oakland? In Oakland, like right on the water um, that divides Alameda and Fruitvale, um, right by Nico's. Y'all don't try to run up on me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, it's crazy cause that, that second month where it was 
a new set of 50 people. And mind you, I don't know these people. At that time, that that moment, I was nervous. So I, people just knocking on your door saying, I'm here for the second Monday. It, it was word Monday. of mouth. Yeah. Okay. They came to eat. They came to chill. And the marketing in me would do things to make sure that people were good. So, for example, I would notice the people who work nine to five would leave early. Why? Because they didn't get a chance to eat yet. Okay. So if I feed y'all, would y'all stay longer? Boom. Let me provide more food. Boom. They stayed longer. Mm. So I would constantly do things like the beer wasn't really checking for people. <laughs> so like, can yeah, I give y'all wine? Eat, niggas don't drink beer. <laughs> yeah. Then I gave them the little Colorado wine. They was doing that for a little bit, but then it was like, nah. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna give y'all the Trader Joe's $3 a bottle of wine. It was like, oh, we're going to drink that. I'm like, yeah, it's $3, but it's just. First of all, I would have been like, y'all niggas is asking for too much. This, you know but it, it was what people want. Like, I'm very I'm into take these crackers. Want. <laughs> I'd write, but I, I love black people so much. It uh, almost felt like whatever you need, like, what can I do for you? How can I serve? Um, it was a saying at that time. Like, it just felt like, it just felt like so raw. It just felt like, especially in my apartment, all these people, it just felt like the coolest shit that, you know, you can never get to, that you you would never hear about unless you knew about it. So, um, so people are going there. They're, they're, it's not just for poetry. People are like telling stories. People are sharing, like networking and all this other shit. Yeah, if you was a videographer, there was a script writer in the house. Like if you were, um, if you threw events, there was a person who owned a venue in the house, all black, mm. and. Um, we were, it wasn't a networking event where you're like, I need to talk to everybody in the room. It's just like, if you just so happen to be in my kitchen and say what's up to someone, that person just might like be what you were looking for a whole time. Like, um, is this still going on? So, um, the second month it was 50 people, and, um, I was like, we have to get a venue, but I also, that was the same month that I also quit my job. With like two grand on me. Mind you, my rent was pricey. It was over a grand. Um, and I was just like, I had called my mom one day. I said, Ma, I can't do it. And she was like, she always supports me. She was like, all right. I was like, I'm going to quit. She was like, okay. Um, Wait, what job is this? Did you quit? At Banana Republic. Um, corp- the Why did job. you quit? Because they were just, I just was exhausted. I was you didn't just, think the these niggas for like uh like some racial shit? I did, but I just didn't have the energy. Mm. I I legit didn't have it in me. I was so tired. Especially at that job, it was like everybody worked I, well, I and many people I know were beyond the nine to five, like you had as for people who had a role similar to mine, you had meetings all day. So you only had outside of work hours to do work. So it's just exhausting. Like it was, I just didn't have a good time there. Um, so I spent my last two grand, but then it was like the same month where it was like the most people at my crib. And I'm not thinking about it as a business at this time. Um, but I was like, these people, my black people, need one a space to commune. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, a few months beforehand, I had walked by Red Bay um, in Fruitvale 
and their space was beautiful. They was playing most stuff for like Q-tip. It was like a warehouse. They had the plant walls. Like if I had an event, I would have it there. So at that time, I was like Red Bay, right? But it was the most expensive option. I had two grand. I, I barely had enough to cover my expenses. And I was still like, fuck it. Like, y'all, would y'all be good if I charge y'all $10 to come? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a higher contract, a black caterer. It was the vegan hood chefs. Cause like a lot of people were like really healthy. I'm gonna get y'all mad wine. I'm gonna buy this venue. I'm gonna rent the mic, buy the equipment. Would y'all come? And I'm going to spend most of my, I'm not even going to have it for the next month of rent, but I just feel like y'all would like it. So can I do this for you? And people were like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. That month, that next month. I feel, I feel something bad just going to come happen at the end of nah, the nah, Niggas nah, didn't nah, show nah, up. Nah, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. That month, mind you, the peak was 50, 80 people came. So mm. I didn't make my money back but i was good um i was like all right bet we're gonna keep doing it here we're gonna keep doing it at this spot like it was so beautiful like people were getting on the mic and and the open mic is a little bit different than others because it was like whatever your art medium if it's dance if it's painting if it's this you get you get five minutes to do whatever the fuck you want and it's gonna be food it's gonna be music in the back it's gonna be all of that and you're gonna make friends and family and it's gonna be you know in general now and even then it was diverse just like Howard because you would have black tech black bay area that were not native that were not from oakland black people from oakland um, you would have struggling artists, rich niggas, you would have grandmothers, babies, you know, all of these like <laughs> people in one space. It felt like a family reunion. It feels, it feels pre-COVID, it feels. Um, anyway, a few, you know, so we had 80 people in, in May by October, which was the anniversary. We were averaging, I got a co-founder, Maude Alcorn. She just came out with a book. I was like, bitch, I need, I need a second set of hands. Um, <laughs> I was also contracting, tracking back black videographers, black photographers, black caterers, all of this coming out of my pocket. And then later down the line, my, me and my co-founders pocket. Um, and by October, by a year, we were averaging 150 people monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, a few months after that, we had our biggest event to date, which is February 2020. Um, so 17 months later, like it was 400 people. We were partnering with Lyft and the Black Joy Parade. Um, mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, like how we started having other types of events. We had all these other partnerships, um, coming up pre COVID. Um, we had this talk series called In Real Life, which is, Three parts. One is all black men, one all black women, one both. And the premise of it is as a black blank, as a black woman, what do I want you to know about me as a black me? And then what I want to know about you as a black man. That was the premise and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it brought up like parent relationship, all of, like all of these things, um, pre COVID and. It was just like, wow, we, we just accomplished so much. Um, 
in a in a hot second. And and me as a poet, of course, like, you know, I performed at every event. So like at every open mic event, like I, I would open it. So people like I felt like, oh, I gotta have a piece. So off rip, people saw me as an artist. I never that wasn't it was never my intention to to like it was never in the life plan to be mm. an artist. Like it was just like niggas just fucked with me. So COVID happened and you had to shut everything down? COVID happened and it was a blessing. So we were moving so fast, like we we needed to have grants, we needed to do all of these things. We needed we needed to have it we we ha- we built a team. Um and we needed to think about like, okay, what what's what's the overall plan? We know ultimately we want to tour our event in different cities, in different countries, our signature event. We know that we want to be televised. We know these things. How do we get to it? And so during COVID, we were like, all right, let's change our mission statement to us providing, uh, doing events to and being contracted to do events for others. So we've been contracted to do events for like UCSF's preterm birth initiative with like 300 people like we did that all these things um to us creating programming and production because at this point people are zoomed out they don't want to do another instagram live they don't want to do another zoom event they did not want second mondays on zoom um so we're like all right bet so we're currently working on two documentaries one is a is our in real life, but in a, in a filmed way with a panel um, exploring the relationships between black men and black women. So we got this space. We got a production crew. Um, we're doing a documentary about us and the story of us. Um, and then we're doing an art photography gallery exhibit because we have photos from when it was seven of us around a table to when it was 400 of us. And we we have video and photos to document it all in a storefront to um, show, to to hang all of that and have that gallery. Um, and we're doing a bunch of other, we're part of like a zoo lot. We're doing a, 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 a mini concert series, which we were going to do in person. It was going to be a, another signature event, but it'll be similar to Tiny Desk called Fourth Mondays. Um, so we're producing and packaging events now. Mm. So, so you... Uh yeah, that's a lot. Is this um are you trying to create a like a brand or like a company or where do you see the end all uh to this? Yeah, absolutely. This is my brand. This is me and my co-founders brand and baby and our goal is to do things now that you say level. you say co-founder but you created this shit. She just came along when it was created. Oh, you ain't about to cause a rift in this. <laughs> you ain't about to you ain't about to do that. Um, honestly, my co-founder, you know, we, we go through a lot as, as both artists who have our own personal goals, Mm. but also parents to this baby that requires so much attention. What's your co-founder's name? Her name is Maude. She just wrote a book called Black Girl Flesh. Um, so imagine she's trying to set out her own, she's a bit younger than me. Um, she's trying to set out her own career while also creating this brand with me, the same with me. Um, and we're both doing all of these things. So we're, 
we're really covering all bases and it's with our team. We have a resident photographer, Dorian, resident videographer, um, Taj. We have a logistics coordinator who is also a published author, Lynn. And, um, we're courting this girl that we want to be our marketing lead. Um, so hopefully she fucks with the team. Yeah. You guys um, need any? And what can I do? What we need? What you want to give which, us? Which, which, <laughs> Black man. I don't know. Do you guys need someone to carry to carry the uh <laughs> <laughs> to carry the uh the wine in the in the event? Listen, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna be setting up for the um documentary panel um with black men and black women that one. So we bought some couches and shit. We need somebody to bring that in. I'm not space. carrying no goddamn couches. Wow. Y'all need it, y'all need it. I'll, I'll just I'll just joking. I will carry some couches nah. for you. I'll, I'll help <laughs> I'll help you out. So um so um what is the name of what i mean what's the name of this whole brand it's just second second mondays second mondays is an event that gold beams has so it's called gold beams that's the name of the company Gold beams and gold beams curates events experiences production and programming for black creatives in our black community at large y'all need to do it you need to do a story on uh jordan owande who jordan owande you know, you know who that is? Me. Educate me. You know that, who that is? That's you. Yeah, exactly. Nigga. That's you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Gold Beams is, is 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 out and about making moves. Yeah. And um, are you working on anything else besides uh, Gold Beams? Yeah. Um, so. I am also doing everything that I need, doing what I, everything that I need to do to blossom and, and hone in on this, um, on my art. Mm. And everything is a lot because with Gold Beams, even, even on its off season, we're doing a lot. But I also still have to be present in the community that has embraced me, right? Like every every day, like I'm meeting with somebody from the community, even if it's just to check in um, to see if they're good because the community has been so good to me. I'm not from here, you know? Mm. Um, and then, of course, you know, I hold all these hats. I'm on these boards. But it's like, okay, do I have time to write that book? Do I have time to blah, blah, blah? So I'm a part of a fellowship and I'm applying to fellowships to make sure that, you know, I don't leave my, I give my writing what it deserves, the time that it deserves. Now, since we're on the subject of writing, you know, you said your first piece was uh, that first poem you were talking about. Am I crazy? Do you have that poem? Yeah. Ew. I, <laughs> I mean, you could do you could do your first piece. I want to hear this first Ew. piece first. Oh my god! You really are crazy. Dude. We go I'm, be, I've morphed. We go but be the judge if you of this. if you need to, I turn my phone. Let me turn my phone back on. Oh. Okay, it's coming back on. 
All right, so the 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 poem you're about to uh, can we do a recent poem first, or you want to do no, the first no, poem? No, I want to do the first poem since you were talking about the shit. Okay, okay. And then I want to I want to hear the poem that you did uh, that you did about uh, I don't know the name of it, but I heard it on I think it was your Instagram, and you were talking about um, mm. black men uh, boycott black men. No, no, I don't think it was that. But you were you were talking about uh, black men, how they like, like you don't own shit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I think it was boycott black men. Okay, yeah. Fuck y'all sometimes. I love y'all. It's, it's almost crazy how like, I feel very much like Meg Thee Stallion, whereas like she was, you know. What do you love the most about black men? Give me three things. I love, I love to see black men and I don't know if this answers one of the things to answer the question, but I love to see black men be happy um, and play and joke like I fucking love it. Like it's it's no joke like black jokes. So, like, black people joking and having fun. Like, I feel like no other race laughs as hard as we do. Um, so, of course, I love it. And I, I love to hear, like, that hearty laugh from a black man. Um, I love it. Um, I love the strength in black men, meaning, like, I understand that it's hard sometimes to share what's going on and that causes like a burden that's heavy that's heavy for anybody um and i i I feel like black men do that a lot and you know i i'm happy that even if it's not the most healthy way or whatever, like I'm happy that black men are still able to function knowing that they are not, that, that, that being sharing a hundred percent and getting that load out a hundred percent can be, um, kind of difficult. Keep talking. Uh, all right. I got to think of the third thing. Um, and I I love when it comes to dating. We didn't even talk about that, but I black men have the power to make me feel good and 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 encapsulated in a way that I'm not sure other races can. So that black boy joy, black men pushing through, even though, you know, it, there's a burden of keeping things in or like a habit of keeping things in. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, that's very hard. It's so hard. Um, so I acknowledge that. 
And then, you know, it just feels good to be held down by a black man. What are three things that you hate about black men? I think that black men and loyalty to black women is 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 a, a topic of concern. So when it comes to being the best in relationships or even in friendships, like you'll see, you'll see even like every rap video on the night, like you'll see like it's barely black women or dark skinned black women. Like you just, you you know what's happening in the movement and it's impacting you, but you don't see it to anybody. You know, it just bothers me. Like, it's like how, how, how it just, it stresses me out that I feel, I don't feel the same. Like you will at every event made to support a black man, man dying or hurt or, or blah, 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 you will find black women, whether that impacts them in the same rate or not. When it comes to a black girl loving their skin and their hair, there's never a nigga there. Like, and it's just like selfish. It's like, yo, I seen this video of this little girl. She's probably like five and, and somebody called her beautiful. And she was like, I'm not. And then she was like, the person with her was like, yes, you are. And she just started crying. And she was, you know why. Are you it, talking about that video where that little girl's like, I'm ugly? Yeah, she was getting her hair done. Yeah. And and she's too young to see the impacts of that. But when you bring it up, black men are like, this is nothing. You just angry. Just no, like, yo, like. I just hate that. And that comes with even in black men being fathers. Like, the loyalty. Um, what Our else? Loyalty is one, okay. Uh, the fact, I, I appreciate y'all holding strong, bearing the burdens, and, and, and I know that y'all don't talk about them, but that is also like a downfall too because it comes out your pores, and I don't know how to deal with that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you black men may think that, oh, because I don't say anything like it's good. Like, no, nigga, I feel it. I see it. I sense it. And now it's impacting me. But because you don't want to talk about it or whatever it is, like, it's killing me. Like, or it's just turning you toxic. Like, come on. It's hurting people around you. So I don't like, I mean, that's like a, you know, I, I want to give kudos to understand. So you don't, you, you hate that black man can't show emotion, that's what you saying? It's not even just showing emotion, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, 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 cause black men show emotion, like they're happy, you know, they're upset, you know. But the things that really bother them at their core is not always so natural to come out. Like they'll just, it'll just fester for a very long time mm. and turn into it just will be very you know yeah it is so that and um everything that i don't like i don't always like the way black men treat me in in relationships treat you personally how do they treat you I don't think it's with the most care. It's it's definitely not with the most care. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's them. But it's not. It doesn't feel good. Like I haven't been. I've never been in a situation. I've been through a lot of abuse, and 
I've never been in a, a situation that felt good, a hundred percent good at one time. Like, so do you think you're choosing the wrong black man? Um, it that's what I'm saying. It could be me, but what type of man are you choosing? I, I, I think they're they're different. They're different. Um, some may be a little hood. Some may be really artsy. Um, you know. Some may be college educated and and doing well. So I don't know if there's a common thread between those three that I'm not. So you got you got three different type of niggas, but you get the same result out of all three of them. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm at this point where it's like, I don't know if it's because of who I am or what I look like. Have you done any self-reflection? Yeah. And and. I do a lot of work to try to be the healthiest that I can be to other people. Um, am I always at my best? No, like I can say that, but someone could tell me if, if, if I'm doing something that makes them not happy and I will really work hard to, you know, hear them and, and, and be better. Um, so. Are you more concerned about pleasing someone else instead of? Pleasing yourself? Yes. That's but what it I don't like. I don't see that that's a bad like my my if my nature is for black people to ha- be happy, I have no problem with maybe it's the Gemini in me. I've no I'm very good at adjusting. Like I have no problem with setting up something to make everybody feel good and comfortable and I can very easily feel good and comfortable in this space if people are respecting me, even if it's out of my norm. So everybody around you will be good. But you'll be crumbling inside. Yeah, that's quite often. But I think that you that's put on you put on a, you put on an event about spending your last two thousand dollars to please other niggas instead of saving that shit and paying your your rent. You, know, you see the pattern in that? I do, but I, I would be I would be really I would be really bad to say that my community collectively doesn't support me. Um, because it's not about just me giving like my community gives when they show up, when they pay for a ticket, when they repost, when they follow, when they, you know, when they, they, they share, they share their emotional stories with me. Um, it's just more personal than anything. Cause I think the same niggas that would do me wrong would be the same niggas that might support gulping. So. I think it's an individual thing, mm. you know. But I do my best. It's just exhausting, you know. It's it's that complex where you just you you. I don't know. You're I don't, st- I don't know what I need to do. I'm trying you, to figure you, it are out. Are you sad that you're alone, or not alone? Are you sad that you're single or something? I'm not sad that I'm single. I'm sad that. Um, I'm sad at my situations that I've been in in the past. They're very, they've been violent. Um, I'm, I'm quite frequently scared of men. Nobody could see it. It wouldn't be like sexually, it might come up like. You've been sexually uh, assaulted? Yes. And, you know, this has been the first year that I've talked about it, but it's something I suffered from a long time. Like I have my own form of um, PTSD. 
that it's like 50 50 it's like sometimes i'm okay sometimes i'm not like like i i have a lot of scars on me from the men in my life and in in all capacities from family to relationships to friends so i just i just i don't know and then just to like niggas who I just see out and about not being, not supporting black women, not loving on black women, being around everybody fucking else, but black women, like even like the little artsy rap type of niggas, like I am in love with certain, I won't even say who, but like certain rap niggas, but like you'll look at their DJs and the people who they post on their page and they all light skin. Like it's just, it's like, is that is triggering too. Like it's like, damn bro, like, you know, like it's it's a, it's heavy. Mm. So, you ever dated a light skinned dude? I I've dated my fair share of niggas, but it it never came <laughs> it never came with. I think my homie at Morehouse, his teacher was like, if you dated the same type of person, you have like a fetish or some shit. All my niggas have been diverse. In always, maybe not diverse in money, <laughs> like to show that I'm really rooted. It's like I've never dated like a really well off nigga who had his shit together. Mm. Um, I give all niggas a chance, um, even if I'm not even attracted to them all the way. It's like I'm still, I try not to be petty, like you know, um. I try. Am I the best person? I mean, I'm sure that people have their issues with me. Uh huh. I'm not gonna say. What do you think? Uh, something that's uh, wrong with you in relationships? Uh, what's wrong with me? Oh, you know. That's when you gotta have somebody call in. Call uh, in. Call in. And be like. In, in in no, you know what the fuck you be doing in the relationships. Um, you going through niggas' phones, situations, yelling all the time. My issue is I Clingy. don't I don't say anything when things bother me, and then because it'll be a bunch of little things, and then it snowballs, and then I spaz. Mm. I spaz. I, in the past, I've spazzed very disrespectfully. Um, but it's like, damn, like, I'm trying not to say shit. And this is also with friendships, too. It's my toxic trait that I'm trying to, like, I try to give everybody, like, you know, I'm trying, you know, I try to let things go. And so it just comes to that, like, you know, when you shake up a soda pop and you just like you know she's like fuck like nigga like i just i'm just disrespectful um also i again like i don't know how to receive love i'm very much like that dog that i like you know if a dog is like you know you know you try to pet a dog that's gone through some stuff that dog is gonna flinch at you like flinch not towards you but flinch back like it's gonna be afraid like i I've never been in love. Like I, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to receive it, um, and it's really scary for me. 
I'm so scared mm-hmm. of that. Um, Do you know your worth? I would say no. Like you don't know even your worth? even to my even to myself because I, I second guess the accomplishments that I've been able to do all the time. I I don't know. I feel like that's a natural thing, though. Um, I know that I deserve to be treated well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know that I'm a good person. Um, when but it do you know what being treated well involves? Like people say, oh, I, I deserve to be treated well, but I mean, do you really know what being treated well? No, and let me tell you, it would involve, feel no. very foreign to me. Like an, a nigga being good to me would feel so weird. I'd be like, ah, what is it? Oh my God. Okay. I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, mm. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Like it just, it would, it, and not in a way that would dismiss it. It would just feel super awkward because I, it would really be, and I'm 29, like, it would really be, like, one of the first times, you yeah. know, it'd just be, and, and there's there's men in my life who I think would want to do that. There's at least, there's one man now, mm. and I'm trying. I'm really trying hard, but it, it's hard because I'm not attracted to that man. Physically? Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to be. So, what are you attracted to? I'm not. I just know that he's a good person. And sounds like a friendship to me. He's a good person and he wants to be good to me. Like he wants to date you? Mm hmm. What's wrong with him physically? Why come you ain't attracted to him? I mean, nothing bad about him. It's just nothing that my heart now he's black, (laughs) fuck you. I just don't feel I don't feel I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I don't feel anything, but I'm trying not to. Be, I'm trying to be open, but it, I I don't know. Like I'm, it, it, it's definitely a, a jungle and and a newfound world that you know all of this fits in. And you know, do I blame myself as someone who's like a really great person? You know, offers to be a great man to me, and I don't accept it because I don't feel I don't feel I'm not feeling these feelings like does that make me a bad person or is that fair enough to be like yo like there's multiple people who you will meet in this lifetime who you know will give you that energy um, Mm -hmm. that you may feel strongly about or is it I don't know is it the sacrifice that you I don't know like well, I definitely think physical attraction is a major part in a companionship. Major key. It's the major key to me. I mean, it's not the major key, but it's the major key A, and then there's a the major key B. Yeah. But yeah, let's get to this poem. So you want me to do the first poem? Introduce the poem, tell the people the name of the poem, and then boom, the floor is yours. Okay. Let me get it off my... 
And speaking, when you when you read this poem, read it. Bring back that that anger that you that you had when you first wrote it. You know okay. Let's, let's be let's be animated. So this is this this, this shit is, is this, this shit is, is getting this shit is being heard around the world. Okay. Konichiwa, hola. <laughs> um. So this is my first poem that I did. And then I'll get into a more tenure piece. So this poem is called Crazy. Am I crazy? Is it so insane that I never see dark skin on a Bollywood feature film? That Telemundo and Univision refuses to house Afro-Latinos even though their black population makes up more than what's in the American society? What bothers me is that you really think it's normal how common it is to prefer to bed someone red that your favorite rapper don't want no black bitch. That your American Idol can't be pictured with a brown girl from Robert F. Smith to 21 Savage. Well, I hope I don't seem too crazy to all my black friends that are still praying for a light-skinned baby. Am I tripping that some Asian folks out here still using umbrellas in the sunshine and won't fuck with island folks because their skin is dark like they work in a coal mine? Like, is it me or is that shit crazy? We got women in the black diaspora bleaching their skin to become a desired lady. And if we want to get real, let's take a journey to California where a white woman just might have better odds of snagging a black man to fill up on her. Where a white woman just might have the better odds of a black man marrying her and raising her white daughter. Where a white woman just might have better odds of a black man who won't leave her to be a dead and be a deadbeat father. But people tell me I'm crazy and I lose friends over it. They get mad at me for being mad at them for commenting on how black my emojis are. For telling me they can't find cute dark skinned babies on Instagram like that's some normal shit to say. Like, if I lighten up my emojis, I'd be better off that way. But back to the topic at hand. I'm just your average Joe, tired of always being the angry black woman. This is the angry black woman who's tired of always begging a black man to understand. This is the confused girl who's trying to figure out if I'm woke or if I'm crazy. This is the work girl who's tired of always being the lonely single lady. This is the single lady who's always on the other side of the argument. This is the girl who's with it but mm, still don't want no parts of it. This is that regular chick who don't want to go back and forth with you niggas. Who can't tell if this is her best life or if she's shutting the world out. Who can't tell if she should keep telling y'all what y'all missing or just count y'all niggas out? Who can't tell if she should keep the light on for the more to shut it off? Who considers herself the medicine and all y'all niggas is sick with the cough? 
Can y'all tell me if I'm crazy or if I'm on to something? But you know what? Save it. I'm the old Kanye. You cannot tell me nothing. So that is the first (laughs) poem that I wrote when I was out here. Sweating and shit. That's that wine. Um, All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we got, let's talk about this poem. Yeah. That was the first joint you wrote? I mean, I always wrote, but like I never took it seriously. But this is like the first like full piece that wasn't like neat and rhymed every other like it was just like it, I, I would say it was my first like full body thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also when I performed this, this is my that piece. When I performed that piece for the first time, it was my second time performing ever. So, <laughs> like, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very new to this. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's a very, it's very, it's, it makes you nervous. Like, you, you sharing very um, in, intimate thoughts. Who, 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 are, who are some of your, uh, your poetic muses? Never had any. I never. No. <laughs> I was just. I was. You know, like I will say. You know, the first time I performed was at the New Yorkian Cafe in um, New York, which is a very legendary place and um, very legendary performers. And you know, me being a New Yorker, I love that shit talk. Like my poems are not like oh. And a flower blossom from the ground. Like, nah, I'm talking shit. Mm. I'm I'm talking greasy. My accent probably come out um, more like a battle. It's like battle rap. I watch a lot of battle rap. So if anything, and battle rap always has bars. Like now, like when I write, I try to always make sure that I have like a bar, like a really like a, a, a hidden line every every con- consistently throughout the piece. Because if you're in a battle rap, you can't go too long without like having a punch hit. Yeah. So I watch a lot of Smack URL. I watch a lot of ki- the Queen of the Ring. Who's your um, favorite battle rapper? My favorite battle rapper is 40 Bars. She is a woman and she talks a lot of shit. Um, you like Tsunami Surf? He's cool. I would say like my favorite, my favorite. I like, I like, what's his, what's it? John, 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 the Don. John, John, the Don. Yeah. And he has his own um, league now where he had the most ruthless of women. Shit. I forgot their, their name. Battle two Christian battle rappers and that were niggas and like these two foul mouth. New York bitches that just like all the all the all the all the all the shit all the shit talking mm-hmm. and it was like the most amazing thing that I have ever seen in my life and they were using like Bible like it was just crazy so I really love I really love hearing like I, the shit like genuinely wholeheartedly so. More battle rap than, than poetry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, what's this next poem? Oh, all right. Hold on. I mean, well, give us a give us a story behind the next poem you're about to you're about to do. Mm. I might read some of my shit. You know? 
You should. You should read your shit first while I pick this next shit. All right, hold on. Let me get my... Talk your shit, King. No, I write. I write too, but I don't write like I don't write uh, like them long ass shits you be writing. I just write. Wow! Like wow! <laughs> I write like little small, you know, like little small one paragraphs. Mm-hmm. But I do them randomly though. Some of my shit be like a sentence. Let's see. All right, this poem is 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 kind of sh- is short. Mm-hmm. This poem, I wrote this a long time ago. It's called "Hold Me." All right, hold me. When it rains, I want you to hold me tight. Hold me as if it's our last moments. My dark skin against your light brown as it perceives to give off a new found color only lovers see. Hold me. Make me whole as your heartbeat slows down match my pattern. Your every hair tangles upon my brow choking me with passionate tugs. Raindrops hit the window as if God himself himself approves of this simple image of king and queen. His tears fall making a beat as soft as a whisper but more powerful than Zeus's bolts. When it rains, hold me. See, I write little small shit like mm. that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can I ask you the question now? What? Did you write that based off a specific person or um, moment, or did you write that based on something that you would like? Something that I would like? Like when I write, I mean, like I can be sitting on BART, like on a train, subway or something, and then just something would come. T- like I'll just like see a couple, or just see something on BART, or like if I'm just walking around, or if I like after I watch a movie or something, like the shit randomly comes, and I'll just like jot some shit down in my phone real quick, mm. and then uh, that's how that's that's how I that's how I write. Do you? So it's it's interesting with like some writers, like they'll they'll write things that they may want or they may not want, but they want in the moment. Like is that something that you want? Like do you want to be held? Like do you want it or is that something that you were inspired by and you were inspired by the notion of I mean, I get mood swings. Like I mean one minute you wanna have that companion you want to be held you want to be in love you want to be walking on the clouds i mean another you might turn it in the next minute you might turn around oh, i just just want to take something down real quick <laughs> so i mean it's, it's i mean it's like it's just like that and then when i write these things that's the mood that i'm in at that specific moment of time yeah 
You know what I'm saying? So we we gonna go bar for bar. So after I write, after I rerun, you you read one. Okay, I'm gonna. I was gonna read one, but I feel like I need to do something shorter because yeah, do something short. You made me insecure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm secure. <laughs> I do have a piece called Insecurity because my name is Susan. Anyway, blah blah blah. Um, you don't. I mean, the, the the first one was very. Tell I mean, me, tell me what you want from me. I mean, you can read it as as whatever way you want to read it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I got niggas upstairs, niggas downstairs. Oh, quietly. I mean, you can read it. I mean, I can't talk my shit quietly. Go ahead, read it however you they want. They're just then. gonna be mad for five minutes. Yeah, they're just gonna be mad. Then. I go can't ahead. Make any pop, any pop go ahead, go ahead, read it. Okay. So this is a short one, um, relatively, like I wouldn't say old or young, I would say it's middle age. Um, it's called A Poem for Mama. And I wrote this poem because I'm very judge. in the past I've been very judgmental of my mother, who is an amazing person, she's a council woman. She, she was a council woman, huge figure in my community. But I, I will acknowledge that I've been very critical of her. Um, which I feel like people are critical of me and I get it now. And so this poem is called A Poem for Mama. When I fuck with these hoes, I give them what they want till they say they don't want me no more. That's how I grew up. I did the hard things for myself. I did the hard things for the people around me. I'm strong now, I got these bags all on me. Grocery bags, laundry bags, emotional bags, waiting for the bags of the money. I look around the world and I think something ain't right about this nigga, I am Dick Gregory. This world crazy made me spicy, I don't ask the Lord if there's a heaven, I tell him God there better be. Mommies have to practice forgiveness because even the niggas who abandoned us got a sob story. Even the niggas that abused us got a trauma story. Too many got their own mama story. They come with all these bags not, that not only do I carry, I unpack, wash that, and hang them up after cutting the tags. And I be feeling like Mother Earth. And the people, the people, they come and they come to me like, Mama, Mama, can I get a dollar? Mama, he hit me. Mama, I hate you. Dear Mama, she did everything for me, but I still got mommy issues. Daddy didn't give a fuck about me. Still my trouble stemming from these mommy issues. But I yearn for my daddy and I'm over my moms. I'm waiting for my daddy to bum back home while I tell mommy to leave me alone. Y'all know how many times I died by you? My father was every nigga in the 90s gangster movies. My father was every nigga rapping on the Uchi Wally video. All my fathers taught me how to fight. They left me in pins by myself. My fathers didn't teach me how to, how to rely on nobody. I just got the pin and vent to myself, mommy gang. Niggas stay crossing lines and stepping on cracks. That's why mommy stay bending over backwards. 
defending PR people all day, but inside still considers itself a coward. The world too bitter, sometimes it turns the sweetest mommy sour. Then the world becomes judgmental and then tears mommies down, then waits till they die to give them the flowers. Love doesn't come to those who get their love so easily. Mommy's got to brush that shit off, dunk it in the water to deal with the baby's hair, even though they the ones who get done so greasily. This is a poem for the mommies out here with no kids. This is a poem for the mommies who take care of the niggas where they live. This is a poem for mommies who swallow their pain. It's a cancer now. This is a poem who give, for mommies who get their last to see someone else make it. They good, but she broke now. This is a poem for the mommies dying inside every day, but they homies describe them as lighthearted and happy. This is a poem for the mommies who can't balance the work out with a daddy. This is a poem for the mommies who go to doctors that are supposed to bring babies into this world, but those doctors take it away. This is a poem for the mommies losing their life because they always force to be the brighter part of the day. Fuck it. If they said something, who would care anyway? Black mommies don't, black mommies don't share their own hurts. Don't take their own hurt seriously. They're a reflection of the world that way. They don't die of heart complications. They die of heartbreak. The poem for mama. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. Yes, clang, yes, clang, clang, yes. Clang, 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 clang. With the dangles and things. Oh, we gotta go like this. That, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to read anything else. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was dope. Have you ever thought about publishing, like, a book of all your poems? Yeah, yo, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's all a process. Like, that's definitely something that I want to do. Um, you should do that. And I, I can put you on to someone who can teach you how to, <laughs> how to self-publish. Like, please teach me how to self-publish. Well, I can't teach you. I mean, she, uh, this girl, she, uh, she wrote a book and she self-published her, uh, her own book and uh, she, uh, she's dope. It's crazy. Like, you know. As I was sharing, you know, the story of everything, getting in, into the mindset of this is how people see you and people accept, accept you as an artist. They accept you as someone who hosts events, like, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Like, this was not what I had planned. All, everything I've done was on accident. <laughs> so... It's so it's, it's it's exciting and it's beautiful to think about, you know. It's on, and so accident is on purpose because I did ask God for specific things. Like I was like, God, I want to be surrounded by inspiring people and inspiring places. Mm -hmm. And I think that all aligns to it. It's all it's been the, the story of my life, for real. I've seen some great, um, amazing things. So to think that I could be an author or to think that I can have these events and have this company and, you know, people consider me to be this artist, it feels, feels good. It's also like, oh, shit, y'all like it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> y'all had a good time? Wow. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely should, uh, should put it together. I would definitely purchase that. Hey. Thanks. But uh, 
This is the <laughs> this is the time where uh, I give my guests a little, little five minutes. I mean, this whole episode was about you, but as it should be, because that was the purpose of it. But to self promote, whatever you want to promote, like tell the people where they can find the second Monday's information. Tell the people where they can uh, your Instagram, where they can reach out to you. And the many things you're working on, if you want to promote that. Um, so basically, just promote whatever the fuck you want to promote. It's the plug hour. The plug it hour. Is, it is, it plug. Is. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, well, my personal Instagram is Beam Me Up Taylor. Taylor is spelled T A Y L E U R. Um, think show for, for that, that E U R. Um, Beam Me Up Taylor. My organization, Gold Beams, Gold Beams curates experiences, programming, and production for black creatives in our black community at large. And our website is goldbeams.org. Our Instagram is at gold.beams. Um, we are doing some dope ass shit. We're creating a documentary with, uh, that showcases conversations between black men and black women. We're doing the story of us. We're creating an art gallery in a storefront in downtown Oakland on our anniversary, which is October. The second Monday is in October. It's our second year. Mm. Um, we are also doing a whole lot of other shit, y'all. Tap in with us. Um, and if you have any ideas for partnerships or collaboration, slide in my DM. If you a good nigga after hearing all my stress and trauma, slide in my DMs. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Be me a sailor on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Hit me up saying you heard it. Hit me up with your ideas. Hit me up with love. All the vibes. Nice. Well, everybody, she is, like I said, one of the Bay Area's top <laughs> spoken word poems, poets out here. And definitely reach out to her, support all the movements that she has moving. And uh, I'm going to leave, I'm going to read, I'm going to read something that I wrote. Please. And I'm going to leave it with this, since this episode is dedicated to the black to the black woman <laughs> around the world. This is something that I wrote. It's, it's very, it's very small. It's very quick. It's called Queen. Queen. Black woman. Only one queen in this world is you. I love your hips, your big lips, your ass. I love the darkness of your skin. Whether it's as dark as winter's night or light as the sunlight. I love your sass, your compassion, your nappy hair. Black man is king, and you are the creator of him. Remember that. Woo! <laughs> I'm right, quiet storm. And that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, 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 I'm getting into my sexy R&B uh, late night radio voice. I mean, you already got that monotone, calm kind of thing. <laughs> All I need is the rain. Uh, All right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so yeah, thanks, uh, Taylor, <laughs> for coming on the show. Thanks for blessing us with this poetry. It's what the world needs. Um, yeah, great, great, uh, liter great language, great words. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs>
Thank like, you. <laughs> you have any last words? Um, fuck with me. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Spoken like a true <laughs> Yonkers <laughs> woman. Fuck you, I'm from White Plains. <laughs> Westchester, Yonkers is in Westchester, but I'm from White Plains, more specifically Greenberg. So shout out to the town. I'm in Oakland, which is also the town, but Greenberg is also my town. Right. town. Shout out to all them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> and we are out. You. You're.